Welcome to Treasured Talks, the podcast where we speak up. We're going to talk personally about ourselves, other people, the past, the present, and our hopes for the future, unhidden and unmasked. Treasure means the stored thing. Let's talk about the valuable lessons stored within our experiences together. Some episodes will feature only me, while most will feature interviews with guests who I feel have valuable treasure to share. I believe that by opening up together, we can encourage and help each other see how all things can be turned for good. Let's start talking. I'm super excited to be sitting here with Caroline Peel. Caroline is a four-time NCAA champion, American record holder, and two-time team captain of the UC Berkeley swim team. She currently lives in Denver, Colorado with her husband and little doggie. Athletics have been a part of her life for as long as she can remember, and a driving force in her life is reaching her fullest potential, and whatever it is that she chooses to do. Thank you for having me. So I have some questions that I wanted to ask you. The first one, just so that we have some history, is when did you first discover that you were passionate about swimming? Yeah, I don't think I have like a super vivid memory of when it all started, but Mm -hmm. I do remember, you know, when I was around eight or nine years old, um, we had a summer league swim team, you know, there's just the neighborhood would get together and we'd have swim meets on Saturdays and all of my friends were, were swimming and that was kind of our, our way to hang out. And Uh I remember the first time I tried it, I ended up being naturally pretty good at it. And so uh, my favorite part back then was anytime I did a race, we would always go to like the snack bar after and get like a ring pop or a Snickers bar. That like was my reward. reward. Yes. yes. <laughs> so that's what first hooked me into the sport of swimming was that all my friends were doing it. It was a way for us to hang out on Saturdays and that, you know, I would swim for 20 seconds and then I'd get a candy bar. So, <laughs> <laughs> so basically yes. you went from the neighborhood pool to... Cal Berkeley. Yes. And... Not overnight, but over yeah. <laughs> over 10 years. Yes. yes. With hard work. Yes. You said that you were naturally talented at it. Mm-hmm. Because you were naturally talented, did you find that you had to work less or that you had to work more? No, I think, I think it just made me fall into the sport even more because I think oftentimes we gravitate to what we're naturally good at. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it made me want to work harder because I knew that I could really excel in it if I put more time and and effort into it. So I think it actually drew me into it more versus, you know, making me think that I didn't have to work as hard. You know, that's where that drive to try to see, you know, how good could I possibly be Mm -hmm. at this if I really put 110% towards it. So that wasn't all at eight years old, but I think... Yeah, I was like, whoa. <laughs> this <laughs> is mature got, thinking for a yeah, child. <laughs> once I got into like middle school, that's when I really started to commit and put, you know, the, the two-a-day practice, uh, practice schedule into play. Uh, and then that sort of success just started to compound because once, you know, once I think 
for most people, once you put you know all of your focus on one thing, you start mm-hmm. to see those results. Especially if you think you're naturally, you know, gifted in that way, mm-hmm. and adding that type of commitment on top of it, uh, I just you know saw a lot of progress and improvement, uh, which kept me, you know, really connected and and almost addicted to you know wanting to to get better and better mm-hmm. every day. Was there an adult in your life who encouraged the gift, or is it just? something that you had the motivation to grow in yourself. Yeah, I think, I don't think there's one person that really pointed me in that direction. You know, I think I kind of discovered it just by having fun with my friends when I was little. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't know if it's something that, you know, my parents passed down on just the work ethic, because I really think swimming is a sport where you just have to put in the hours and mm-hmm. the miles. And so, I don't think it was necessarily just that I was, you know, given a gift in swimming. I think it's more of just the gift of having a true, you know, uh, a really strong work ethic, you know, and being able to outwork people. Yeah. And so uh, that, you know, I think that, you know, likely came from my parents um, and them raising me in that way. And in a sport like swimming, just like, you know, cross country running where, it's an endurance sport and the more you train typically that leads to better results so it yeah. fares well for for athletes that uh you know are true um workers and, and have a really strong work ethic so you mentioned that the hour the hours that you had to put in mm-hmm. which i am guessing was significant <laughs> yeah um do you think that the amount of hours that you put in that's the same amount of time that somebody else who's passionate about, you know, it could be anything. Um, art, let's use the example of art. Is it equivalent, the number of hours that you put in, the number of hours that they would have to put in? Is it just you need to be willing mm-hmm. to put the time in yeah. towards what it is that you love doing? Yeah, I think, I, I can't remember what the study is, but it, it takes what, like, 10,000 hours or something for someone to be really good at something. Mm -hmm. I don't remember exactly what it is, but um, I think it's the same in any craft. You know, if you really commit your full energy and passion behind it, that, you know, you can really excel. Um, The difference in athletics is there, the physical part of it does play a role, Mm -hmm. right? If someone wants to be an NBA player, and they're five feet tall, you know, their chances aren't as high. They might put in the same amount of hours as someone else that's seven feet tall. And, uh, you know, the one that's seven feet tall is probably more likely to achieve that goal. So um, I don't think it's a pure apples to apples, but um, I do think that you have to put in the work in order to get to that that next level. Mm -hmm. Um, But then, again, in, in sports, the athleticism and the physical pure genetics also play a really a really strong role luckily you know my both my parents were athletes so the genetics side was working in my favor yes but uh coupling that with you know putting in thousands of hours ended up working out you know really well for me do you have a first memory of a significant competition lost so you're swimming Mm -hmm. you love it it's going great. Like, what was that first moment of, yeah. you know, ugh, like yeah. you just got hit in the gut. Oh, this yeah. sucks. Yep. I remember clear as day, probably the 
biggest one um, that sticks out in my mind. So high school is really, I really just started to kind of step into my own where I knew I could do this at the collegiate level. So my freshman year, I went in and I won uh, state in the 200 individual medley. And that was very unexpected. Mm -hmm. um, and you go back to school and, you know, your name is all over the billboards and it's on the school announcements, this freshman one wow. state. And so all of a sudden you get all of this kind of fame within obviously a high school bubble. But at the time <laughs> yeah. it was a big deal. And then my sophomore year, I ended up repeating by winning the same event at state. And so all of a sudden, that just became the expectation for me moving forward. You have to win. Exactly. And anything less than that is a failure almost. And so oh, man. I went into junior year, and I think a lot of that pressure just started to build up over time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's at that time, it really is your whole identity. And, you know, walking around school, they're like, oh, you're the athlete, mm -hmm. you want state, you know, you're going to go and do all these amazing things and um you know i i had was dealing with some sleeping issues and anxiety on you know i have to perform yeah and i ended up getting third that year in the same event and so for me i was just devastated that mm. was like the end of the world at the time you yeah. know obviously it's still third and um i ended up you know not going a best time but that was a big moment where um, I just realized how in, intertwined my identity had become in the sport. And that's how a lot yeah. of people kind of saw me as. And so that took a long time to kind of rewire uh, that moment in time uh, and get back on, you know, to that passion and still the apply the same work ethic yeah. even after a setback. Um, and it ended up, you know, being fine from there on out. But um, that was a, a big pivotal point where I could have decided to, you know, not get back on the horse again and, yep. and just get after it again. Um, but it was, you know, six months to eight months following that was a battle just to, you know, kind of get my mindset right. Yeah. So I think something that you said was really important of, you know, your identity was so wrapped up and what it was that you were able to do and able to accomplish as a high schooler that probably, it probably felt like your whole world mm -hmm. was just crashing down. It was. You were like <laughs> yes. the, the winning swimmer. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden you'd gotten third place, which is mm -hmm. still on any podium that I've seen. <laughs> so yeah. was that a moment when you knew or realized you needed to try to untangle your identity from what it was that you were capable of doing from your work? Yeah, I still think that I was so fixated on filling that role or that position in other people's minds that it really drove me to more focus on the mental aspect of sports and how to get my mindset right and kind of get my anxiety and emotions under control mm -hmm. in a productive way versus just pushing it aside because at the time I think I knew that I was going to come up against these, these challenges in the future. No one wins every single year. Very, very, very few people yeah. do that. And those are the people that do have their mindset in the right place 
And so it really focused, you know, really forced me to focus on the mental aspect of sports and, um, you know, working with sports psychologists, you know, to talk about these types of pressures and work through Mm -hmm. some of that. Um, But I really think my identity was a student athlete, even through my whole college career. Yeah. Um, Just as the stakes started to get higher and higher. And once I started swimming, you know, for a national championship in college, you know, that's when I, I think it almost got even, you know, I placed more emphasis in my identity being in sport in college. So I mean, if I were you, I probably would. It only makes sense. Yeah. You're in college, you're on a scholarship. Mm-hmm. This is literally, there's so much that's hinging on yep. your performance. Yes. But the, the difference was that I had learned different techniques on how to kind of mentally talk myself off a ledge when I feel like I'm starting to spiral in a bad place with, you know, pressure mounting up or, you know, anxiety on sleeping or, you know, what if I don't perform? Like some of those thoughts I had done more of the hard work in high school because of that failure, quote unquote, that I feel like I was much better prepared to, to deal with that in college. So failure you know, quote unquote, failing mm-hmm. in that moment definitely helped you oh, yeah. to be better oh, yeah. in the future. Yeah. And I got to fail on a smaller stage in high school when you compare it to college, you know, in hindsight, I think it really helped me that junior year in high school, that third place finish really helped me learn through that failure so that I could apply that learning and didn't have to go through the same failure in college. So Um, You know, if I failed in college, then it would have been even, you know, more significant because the stakes Mm -hmm. were so much higher. So, you know, talking through it, I definitely, you know, see that learning a junior year in high school as a huge blessing almost, you know, which I never would have thought that at the time. (laughs) No, I mean, uh, we we don't see the bigger picture when we're in the moment. Never. We're like, this is just the worst thing that's ever happened to me. Sky's falling. It's not going to get any better. (laughs) Pretty much. So in your hardest moments with Mm -hmm. swimming, when you felt like you wanted to give up or if you ever felt like that, what is it that motivated you to keep going? I think it goes back, uh, you know, I learned a lot about myself through the sport of swimming and I've learned that I am really motivated and driven by reaching, you know, my fullest potential as a human being. And I want to do that in my relationships. I want to do that now in my career. Mm -hmm. But at the time in swimming, you know, I was like, I just want to see how good I can be. You know, I'll, I'll just have this regret if I never feel in my gut that I gave it my all, you know. And so that was my biggest driver of back into that low point in high school when that was the closest I was that I got to quitting is kind of the mental battle of if I can't get this under control, then I, I can't keep swimming. And so I think that that inner drive of just being motivated by, you know, making sure that I'm reaching my full potential, which I know not everyone, you know, thinks the same way, but that yeah, is just a true of me. That's a what I'm driven by. Way of thinking. Yeah. Is you're basically competing against yourself. Absolutely. I just, my biggest fear in life is regret. I just don't mm. 
think that I'll be able to live a, a happy life if I have these regrets hanging over my head because you know you you'll never regret the things that you did well you will sometimes but I think <laughs> that you regret you will regret the things you didn't do more than the things that you did um, and so that's just always been my my motivator you just always want to try your best yeah and just make sure I'm like squeezing every ounce out of how I was designed and created to be, that I'm fully maximizing that, you know? Did you ever feel, like, laziness, like, come upon you or procrastination? Or, no, you were just 100%, I'm ready to give my all to any and everything? Yeah, I think in certain areas, yes. But I, I felt like, you know, after seeing success in the sport, I knew that I could continue on in the sport and, and swim in college. And so... Laziness wasn't really, I, that wasn't really an issue because I was really driven by, you know, working hard, but, um, yeah, it was just more about making sure I'm really taking advantage of this, this opportunity that I had. And the other big piece was just the friends that I had built, you know, my, most of my community was in swimming community. So Mm -hmm. if I were to walk away from that, then I would have to reinvent myself you know, mm, yeah, and, and my identity really being both in the friendships there, but also how my community, my neighborhood, my high school saw me in that way. It just was, um, it would have been, you know, a really big change for me. And so I wanted to just make sure I absolutely exhausted every option before I got to, you know, quitting. What is the moment when you felt like, wow, I made it. Mm-hmm. So this one's pretty clear in my mind as well. Um, I always like to, there's this analogy where it applies really to anyone who's looking to go to, you know, which college you want to go to, or if you're an athlete, which uh, college you want to compete at is, it, do you want to be a big fish in a small pond? Or do you want to be a small fish in a big pond? And I was always really drawn to a small fish in a big pond because the other thing I had learned about myself is that I feel like I can really kind of rise up to the expectation around me. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to be surrounded by people that were better than me because that yeah. meant that I'm growing, that I'm learning, that I'm evolving and moving forward versus I don't want to be the best person there because then I feel like I'm not, you know, reaching that full potential in whatever facet it is, if it's, you know, in the classroom or if it's in school or in relationships. And so, uh, you know, I took uh, five recruiting trips and I was really gravitating towards the schools where I felt like I was that small fish in a big pond and that, you know, I was on the bottom half of the roster because that means... I would look around and be surrounded by Olympians and people that had achieved, you know, you some incredible things. Yeah. There. And so that's what led me to, to swim at UC Berkeley. And, you know, our head coach there was the head Olympic coach in 2012. And, you know, I was really nervous going in because I was like, man, I am just really on like the bottom 50% of this team. Mm -hmm. And so I really need to prove myself. And 
that freshman year, that was the perfect environment for me to rise to the occasion of what the expectation was. Yeah. And so freshman year, you know, I don't think I was really expected to qualify for the NCAA championship meet. Mm-hmm. So you have to qualify individually. Uh, and then I ended up qualifying, you know, dropping a lot of time in all of my events. And then I ended up finally at NCAAs in my uh, individual event and then being on the um, A relay for the team. And that year we ended up winning the national title. And so I would have never, ever, ever guessed that Yeah. at any point, even in high school, that I would ever reach that level and be on a team in an environment like that. And that was the moment where I was like, this is just... This is why you go through the hard moment where you want to quit is because on the other side of that is, you know, really, I think some of the best moments in your life. And that's what makes it, you know, so good is that you went through a lot of hard stuff to get there. And so that was a big moment uh, for me. And just realizing that I still had three years to go was also really exciting. Yeah. There was so much more to Mm -hmm. look forward to. Yeah. So that was definitely the first big moment where I just would never have dreamed that 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 would have happened, you know. I love that you said that when you were talking about your worst moment and talking about your best moment, that they both were so clear to you. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Like you could pinpoint both of them Mm -hmm. so quickly. Yep. And it it was just interesting because it's like life is made up of those worst moments, those best moments. But... Mm-hmm. Each of them can make you better. Totally. And they're vivid in, I think, in a lot of our minds because there's so much emotion involved, you know? Mm-hmm. And it does take time to kind of look back and connect the dots from the highs to the lows and how they're related. Because I do think they are related. Um, but you just, sometimes if you don't step back and look at them, you don't really see how, if I didn't go through that hardship you know, things might have turned out differently. Yeah. And so, obviously, time helps to, to see yeah. that bigger picture. We all need time. I think I know the answer to this. Um, but if you could go back in time, make the choice to swim all over mm-hmm. again, would you do it? I absolutely would, knowing what my experience was. And a big reason for that is the community that I built and the friends that I have that are, you know, my lifelong friends and just the experiences that I had in college uh, and swimming, you know, opened up doors for me. Like I, I probably wouldn't have gotten into UC Berkeley on academics alone. Mm-hmm. And then out of school, you know, I landed a job with Nike right out of school. That yes. was because of my athletic career. Yeah. And so all of those doors and then, how that led to my next job at North Face and then my next career in being a financial advisor. Like all of that, I I just believe happened as it was supposed to happen. Mm -hmm. And so I, I definitely would, would go back and, and, and still choose that route. Uh, I just, I, it taught me a lot about myself that I think if I didn't, swim you know I probably would have played another sport but I just am grateful for how much it taught me about my character and who I am and how I'm wired 
that I yeah. still draw upon a lot of those experiences, even being almost, you know, 10 years out from mm-hmm. the last time I swam. So if you were speaking to someone who they're passionate about something, it could be anything and they're on the verge, they haven't seen the results that they've wanted. They feel really discouraged and just like, they're not good enough. Mm-hmm. What would you tell that person? I would say two things. The first thing that always helped me is kind of taking a step back and trying to remember your why, you know, trying to remember why you ever got into that activity, that sport, you know, that career path, um, that new endeavor, like what was your initial seedling of, of, you know, why you wanted to do it? I think going back to that is always good just to ground yourself and making sure that why is still relevant. Mm -hmm. And then the second thing is kind of what I mentioned earlier is I'm just such a big believer that a lot of the best things in life are on the other side of hardship. Mm. Doesn't apply to everything, obviously. But when you think about, you know, doctors and lawyers or, you know, professional athletes, the amount of sacrifice and, you know, just commitment and hardship that they've been through to get to their successes, you know, I just, I believe that some of life's best moments are on, on the other side of, of, you know, some tough times. And the hardest moments. Yeah, I think we've all kind of experienced that in some way big or small and you know if you do look back on what are like the three best moments of my life you know I would I would bet a lot of those there was a lot of uh you know hardship or you know blood sweat and tears in order to get there yeah I think if you didn't have to go through hard things you probably wouldn't be as grateful or as happy on the other side Mm -hmm. um so that's what's been in my experience and just trying to identify those different moments in your life and if that resonates where you've been through really hard things and that's what makes being on the other side that much better. Um, I would encourage people to lean on that through some of their own experiences and maybe, you know, holding on to that in those tough times. Yeah. And uh, something that you said that I love is definitely you think back to your reason why Mm -hmm. it's not anybody else's reason why because other people are not going to be able to push you Mm -hmm. you know they they could they'll push you a little bit but it really comes down to you and how hard you're willing to work and what you're Mm -hmm. willing to do yeah so it needs to come back to you yep there you're the only one that you know you're the one that has to get out of bed early and you know, make that drive wherever you're going or go have that conversation or, you know, put the hours in for whatever, you, you know, you were hoping to achieve. And so yeah. if you're not on board with your, your why and your mission and it's still not, you know, serving as your daily mission, then it's going to be a battle every day. And so I think just making sure that it, you know, you're honest with yourself on what your why is. And if it's still relevant, I think, it's okay if you change, you know? Oh, for sure. And, and that's not your why anymore. So, it, you know, you can part ways with it and, you know, figure out what your next endeavor is. Um, yeah. But just being honest with, you know, with why you originally started this, I think is 
is helpful. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for talking about your history and swimming and uh, everything that came with it and everything that came after it Mm -hmm. and uh, how much hard work it took and how much dedication it took for you to, you know, see the fruits of your labor. Yeah. Yep. It's been a journey, but, um, I am grateful for it. And, um, I love talking with people about it, you know, obviously athletes, but really anyone, I think it, some of the lessons learned can be applied in all different facets of life. So oh, the lessons can be applied to yeah. absolutely all of us. Yep. I mean, even you saying, you know, obviously all of us are born with potential and you mm-hmm. thinking, I just want to reach my full potential and mm-hmm. everything that I choose to do. That's such a big deal. Cause I feel like so many people leave so much on the table. Yeah. And I think everyone is born with, you know, some sort of gift Mm -hmm. And a lot of times I think, you know, your gift, you're also innately passionate about it, whether it's because you're really good at it or because it's your true passion, who knows what comes first. But uh, I think it's part of it is just discovering what that, what that is and then really maximizing it, you know, and seeing what your potential is there um, and finding out what that could be. So, yeah. Yours, it seems like you were definitely thrown into it when you were younger. You yeah. just stumbled upon yeah. it. Yeah, and it was fun at the time, you know. But now I'm just applying that towards my normal life, you know, yeah. my post-athlete life. Yes. <laughs> and still trying to discover what that is. So I'm sort of, like, listening to my own advice of, okay, that would, you know, that makes sense in the sport world, but what is that now? You know, now that I'm in the real world as a you know yeah. a normal citizen, no longer you know an athlete, and so um, still kind of I think it's okay too if you don't know you know. Yeah, I was it's okay. I was thinking about that. I was like, some people you know they didn't stumble upon what it is that they're passionate no. about when they were younger. It takes them Mm-mm. more time. Yep. But ultimately there is something in you there is Mm -hmm. a gifting there there is some kind of purpose and so it's like just take the steps forward in order to find what that thing is yep that's what i'm doing (laughs) (laughs) that's what we're all doing thank you so much yes thanks for having me yes it's good to chat (laughs) so that was my amazing interview with caroline peel Her perspective is absolutely unique because you don't have the opportunity to meet, chat with, or work with a former college athlete, and so I'm so glad that I had the opportunity to speak with her. As she said, as a kid, she just knew that she had giftings, she knew that there was a potential that she could reach, and she wanted to give it an honest try. I think... That's something to be admired because not all of us uh, gave ourselves the opportunity to do that. I know that I sure didn't. I actually recently just had to uh, forgive myself for, and it actually happens to be for uh, not pushing myself in a sport uh, when I was younger that I actually was really good at. Um, I believe the lie that I couldn't. I believe the lie that I was no good. And so uh, I stopped trying. 
And I did the exact opposite of what Caroline did. I chose to go the exact opposite way. And so I know we all probably have moments uh, where we did that or where we felt like doing that. And I just want to encourage you and say, it's okay. Just forgive yourself and know that whatever age that you are now, uh, whatever hopes and dreams that you have, just start taking one step after the other towards what those are because life is not over and you always have an opportunity to move forward. And so I just want to say thank you so much, Caroline, once again, for uh, talking to me and we'll talk soon. Thanks, guys.